Hello, brothers and sisters. Brother Derek at the microphone. Glad to be with you this week. This week, we're going to talk about uh, cooperating with the laws of God. Cooperating with the laws of God. Lord, I thank you that it is you who is at work within me, both the will and the do of your good pleasure. Lord, I release your blessings, Lord, and your grace, Lord, and your peace, Lord, upon every person, Lord Jesus, that is hearing my voice. Lord, let the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation, Lord, let it fall, Lord, upon the hearers of these words in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you all to be encouraged this week. And I counsel you, brothers and sisters, to read that word and, and, and find out what the word of God says about your situation. And get a hold of that word like a pit bull. And don't let the words that the Lord has spoken about your situation, don't let those words depart from out of your mouth. For the written word is a more sure word of prophecy. Now, we know that a lot of things are governed by laws. You have the law of gravity. With the law of gravity, what goes up must come down. You have certain laws with the moon and the sun and the stars till they can predict when it's going to be a lunar eclipse. They can predict when the sun going to rise and they also can predict when the sun is going to set. Now, God is the one that, that created the sun, the moon, the stars. Yes, you know a Big Bang Theory didn't do that. You know, particles are not intelligent enough to slam themselves together and make the magnificent that is in the heavens, the big dipper, the little dipper, you know, the, the way the stars are arranged in their shapes, the way the congelations uh, stays in their orbits and all this kind of stuff. Yes, the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which you see were not made by things which do appear. It, they were spoken into existence. So we know one law of God is a man will have whatsoever he said. And that works in the positive or the negative. You will have what you say because you say what's in your heart. And when you say a thing long enough, it creates faith. That's why some people, if a person believe a lie long enough, that lie becomes a truth to that person because they have quoted it and said it and believed it for so long till a lie can become a truth. That's what happened to the children of Israel because they had been in slavery so long and they had heard negative words for so long and they had been in so much bondage to their spirit can only receive the negative. And because their spirit was not renewed by the words of God, they released out of their mouth death and they end up receiving death. Well, the, the reason God gave teachers and ministers in general is to renew your mind, is to renew your confession. The reason the Lord gave the written word so that you can read it and find out what he has done for you under the new covenant. Let's go to First uh, Kings, the 17th chapter. And I want to show you another spiritual principle, how, how they cooperated with God in this spiritual principle. First King, the 17th chapter and at the 8th verse. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, 
that him is Elijah. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. Now God is telling Elijah that he commanded a woman that is a widow to sustain him. Isn't that so? He's going to be sustained. Now, pure religion undefiled is to look after the widows and the fatherless in their affliction. We know normally a widow don't have anything. We know normally a fatherless don't have anything. So he has commanded people who don't have anything to sustain his prophet. See, God, see what God is, he does stuff, something that you'll never believe. Think about that. He commanded somebody that's dirt poor to sustain somebody. So he arose and went to Zarephath. See, he just he didn't ask God. He didn't say, God, how is a widow, how is a widow woman going to sustain me? He didn't ask all them questions. He just told him, he just told him what's going to happen. And see, as he go, God's going to give him more revelation. So as he arose and went to Zarephath, we're in 1 Kings 17 and 10. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in my in a vessel that I may drink. She didn't say, hey, you go get it yourself. She just did what the man asked her to do. Humble lady. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God live it, <coughs> I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. So the, so her and her son, the widow woman, her son at the point of death. And, the, and God told Elijah, he have commanded her to sustain him. Don't make sense, do it. See, this the this the principle God about to show you of the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. And see, first Elijah commanded her to bring him some water. Then he told her to bring him something to eat. See, you know it says one place, if you give a glass of water to a righteous man or a prophet, you're going to get a reward. So that spiritual principle, God is leading him to put her in position to be blessed. See, you saved by grace, but you sustained by works. See, you got to work out your own salvation through fear and trembling. You got to work the word. You got to make the word work. You have to work it. The word don't work independent of you. You're saved by grace and not of works. That's salvation. But the other stuff is by works. Oh, yes. And James, it said, I show you my faith by my works. So her works was to go get that water. Her works was to go bake him a cake. And she said, we have verse 12, I think. And she said, as the Lord, thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, fear not. Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. Other words, feed me, feed the man of God first. Give God his offering first. Give God his due first. 
Give God what's his first off the top. Feed the Lord's house first. Do what you have to do for the Lord first. See, see, that's a spiritual principle. Fear not and go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after make for thee and thy son. Other words, feed me first for you even feed yourself. Feed me first. First, feed the Lord. First, give to the Lord. First, sow into the work of the Lord. Then you eat and you and your son. Now to the corner man, that don't make sense. For thus said the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the cruiser all fail until the day that the Lord sent it rain upon the earth. Now Elijah was the one creating the drought. Drought. Now you got to go help this woman. In verse 15 it said, And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruel of all fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Now, in this particular principle, this lady cooperated with God first by bringing him a drink of water. See, you bless if you give a drink of water to the prophet. Then, he, then she fed him. See, you bless if you give, you know, during that time, you have to give something to the man of God. It's, it goes that way now, or to the house of the Lord, or however you do it. That what That's what enabled Elijah to be able to release the word of the Lord. See, it has to be something sold first. Jesus had to even have a little kid's lunch before he can multiply. Something has to be sold first in order for you to be able to reap. I got a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. We're talking about uh, cooperating with God's laws. Hallelujah. Well, I love you, brothers and sisters. And I pray, Father, Lord, that you'll put a sensitivity, Lord, to their ears, Lord, to their spiritual ears, Lord, that they'll hear your words and that they can apply the words or be a doer of the word and that they may be blessed in their deeds. Move upon them in an unusual way, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Well, brothers and sisters, when a natural law or a spiritual law is properly applied, you will always get the desired result. When, when an airplane takes off, and I think I heard one of those pilots talk about this, they use a spiritual law called a law of thrust and lift or whatever. And there's certain things that has to happen to make that plane lift up in the air. Well, we know that gravity is a force that brings everything down. What goes up must come down. But it has to be another law put into motion to violate the law of gravity. Kind of like when Jesus walked on water. The, 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 the natural law pertaining to water is when you jump in you got to start swimming unless you're a fish unless you now now a fish he's in his natural habitat he can swim he can breathe while he's in the water but not a human when a human get in the water he have to have an apparatus to help him breathe or he got to come above water to take a breath before he go back under the water because it's unnatural well you have 
natural laws in the spirit realm. Now, the name of Jesus can violate the natural laws. For instance, Jesus once raised a man from the dead. He said, Lazarus, come forth. We could use that name and raise one from the dead. Jesus said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Of course, you're doing it in his name. So uh, as long as that spiritual law is applied according to what is written, you will get the desired result. Of course, there's more things that go along with that. The person who you're ministering to sometimes got to be in faith. And so you have to preach faith to them because faith comes by hearing and hearing what? God's word. If a person hadn't heard the preached word or they hadn't uh, read, a lot, a lot of times I pray for sick, I read the scripture first where it says it in the word of God. Then I minister in that because the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. So I take the word of God and I show them, I might use three or four different scriptures. I show the person, even if they're a Christian, even if they're re they've read it before, I go show them again and, and go through it slowly until they get a, a, a understanding and a revelation of it before I pray. Because the word will only profit you when it's mixed with faith. So you got natural laws, you got spiritual laws. You got the law of sowing and reaping. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. You know, you got people nowadays don't believe in that. They don't believe in that. They don't believe in, this, in the, the written law, the written spiritual laws. I'm not talking about the law of Moses. I'm talking about spiritual laws. Now, in Mark 11, and at verse 12, it reads, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Talking about Jesus. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Now that, 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 that was always curious to me. The word of God said Jesus answered and said unto it no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever and his disciples heard it. When Satan tries to put a sickness on you brothers and sisters you got to answer first and then you got to speak to it. You got to say I reject that sickness in the name of Jesus. And then you got to command healing to your body by the stripes of Jesus. Jesus answered that fig tree. He spoke to inanimate objects. Jesus spoke, taught, was teaching in the same chapter how to speak the mountains. He spoke to things. You can speak to your bank account. You know, I heard a word of prophecy come forth that cyber attacks was going to try to come against bank accounts. And the woman of God said, God said to plead the blood of Jesus over your bank accounts. Say those attacks is going to be like one here, one there. There's going to be here, there, and the other. It ain't going to be 
all together is going to be random. But the prophetess said, speak to your bank accounts. Answer your bank account and say to it, the blood of Jesus be upon you. No evil will befall you. No calamity will come near you. And you shall multiply. Bless your bank account and then watch it multiply. Plead the blood of Jesus over your bank account. And so Jesus spoke to that fig tree. He answered it and said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changes and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he talked, saying unto them, it is, not, is it not written? My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and saw how they might destroy him. For they feared him because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. <clears throat> and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now, Jesus teach, teaches that you should speak to things. You should speak to mountains. Those things can be your, your problems. Those things can be your bank account. He didn't put a um, stipulation on what you can speak to. Now, if you don't cooperate with God's law concerning speaking to your problems or speaking to your situations, they're going to remain the same. You can listen to me right now and don't do anything about it. But the person that is a doer of the word is blessed, not them that hear it only. You can listen to me right now. You can go to church every Sunday and say, boy, eat your old preach and go about your everyday life and do things the same way you've been doing it and your situation will remain the same. If you had a backache last month, you'll keep having it until you speak to that back pain. If you're having uh, this kind of problem, you'll keep having that problem until you speak to it. You speak the solution, not reaffirm the problem. Most people reaffirm the problem. But Jesus taught to speak the solution. He taught Abraham that, to call those things that be not if though they were. <clears throat> and Peter calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold a fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. So Peter noticed that Jesus spoke to that fig tree and then the next day, when they passed by the fig tree, it was with it. Now, evidently, he didn't see it all of a sudden just, suddenly just act up and withered. No, but the word of God had went forth. Why am I saying this? When you first speak to your body or your situation, <clears throat> it might not, you speak to your bank account, it might not double right then but it's in the process of doubling. When you speak to the pain in your body, it might not leave immediately. It might, but it might not. But it's leaving. See, you got to believe when you first speak it that it's coming to pass. I got a lot to say, but I'm out of time.
Be blessed. Cooperate with the laws of God. Hello, brothers and sisters. We're talking about cooperating with the laws of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, it is you that is working in me. It is you that is working within my brothers and sisters, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Lord, I cooperate, Lord, with your written word, for it is written, greater is you that is in me than he that is in the world. Say that one time. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Say it again. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Say it one more time. Greater is he that resides in me than he that is in the world. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you really believe that God is living on the inside of you? Do you really believe it? Why are you so fearful, uh, uh, fearful sometimes then? See, when you, when you get fearful, reaffirm and reassure your heart that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you get a bad report, reassure your heart. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Cooperate with God. If God says that he is working on the inside of you, begin to reaffirm, Lord, you are working on the inside of me. I, you might not know how he's doing it, because I, I surely don't. I just know what he said, and I agree with what he said. I cooperate with his law. See, when you cooperate with God's words and his laws, you're going you're gonna to get the, uh, the, uh, the victory. Some people want to see it immediately. They want to do and then see it right away. Have you ever planted a tomato plant? As soon as you planted the seed, the plant was full grown. No, you had patience. You planted the seed and you waited. You knew it was coming up. You said, well, my tomatoes ought to be there around by, by, uh, by May. June, but I'm going to have me a crop. See, you didn't plant it and then start saying, man, it's not working. Man, it's not going to come up. You didn't say that. Because why? You know when you plant that seed, you know it's going to come up because you didn't seen it come up. And if it don't come up that very day, you're not going to say it's not working. The same thing works in the spirit. See, they, Jesus spoke a parable one time about the soil was going out to sow seed. And some fell on stony ground, some fell by the wayside, and some fell on dirt that didn't have much earth. And he spoke that parable. And see, you're going to benefit some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. The 30, the 60, and the 100 fold return is based off you working the word. I'm going to say this again. You're saved by grace through faith and not of works. It's the gift of God. Not of works leads any man should boast. But your victory is in the word of God is by works. In other words, you got to work the word. I don't mean it's by works works, but it's by you working the word. Read the book of James. He says some say they got faith, but he said he'll show you his faith by his works. When you see the little kid walking on the stage, then you know I got faith. Hallelujah. We had a little kid that they had said, I never walk, start walking. Hallelujah. 
The pastor, I remember he prayed for him a week ago, a week or two. It might have been a couple of weeks. How many understand? See, even though the kid didn't walk that same day, that seed of faith was released. We had we had a marvelous church service. People uh, uh, was testifying about different situations they was in and how the Lord turned it around. Hallelujah. See, sometimes it's not immediate, but you have to release the word of faith when you pray. Proverbs 18 and at verse 6, it says, A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. Verse 7, a fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Hallelujah. So this can work in the positive and work in the negative. If you release the wrong words, you will get a snare to your soul. You will get a snare. It talks about right after that, the words of a talebearer are as wounds. They go down into the innermost parts of the belly. So you got witchcraft workers that take these three scriptures and they'll speak against you and they'll prophesy against you. Why? They're trying to injure you. That's why you have to pray Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that's risen against me in judgment, I shall condemn, not the Lord. You know why the Lord don't do it? Because he turned the affairs of the earth over to the children of men. Hallelujah. So when you drop down in the same 18th chapter of Proverbs, verse 19, it says, A brother offended is harder to be warned than a strong city, and their contingents are like the bars of a castle. Now, if you're going to cooperate with the laws of God, suppose you're trying to win somebody to the Lord. Well, and the Lord going to have to work with me on this. You can't just go and say everything you know it, say everything you want to say. The things might be true. Certain religions, they might be worshiping idols. But if I'm trying to draw that particular person to the Lord, I can't go to him and say, hey, man, you know the religion you're in. Y'all really praying to idols. I can't go right to him right away and say that. It might be true. And then I heard, hear people say, hey, you got to tell them the truth. Well, he that is wise when it souls. A brother offended is harder to be warned than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a council. Are you trying to get them out of that false religion? Or are you trying to uh, offend them and, and have an argument about who, who's right and who's wrong? See, at verse 20 said, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. In your belly is your spirit. See, out of your belly shall what? Flow rivers of living waters. A man's spirit shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. A man's belly. See, the, uh, the, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all in with parts of the what? Belly. So when it says a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, using word upon word, line upon line, precept upon precept, I came into the revelation that he was talking about your spirit. Your spirit is blessed by what? By words, by the increase of your lips. 
increase means you're saying more and more and more and more and more. So when your lips increase with the word of God, your life increase with blessings. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat what? The fruit thereof. What fruit are you going to eat? You're going to eat either the fruit of death or are you going to either eat the fruit of life? One place in Numbers, the 13th chapter, God told the children of Israel, as you have spoken in my ears, that is what I'm going to do. He did exactly what Caleb and Joshua spoke in his ears, and he did exactly what the other one spoke in, into his ears. God is going to do for you, or allowed to happen to you, whatever you speak into his ears because he cannot violate his spiritual laws. You have to cooperate with the laws of God. Evil men and women cooperate with the laws of God by prophesying death. I remember John Ramirez, a, a, a warlock who got born again, talked about how he used to fly around, he used to fast and pray to, the, to Satan. Yeah, he was putting spiritual laws by fasting. That spiritual law worked whether it's for God or for the devil. And his spiritual anointing got increased by Satan. And he'll fly in the spirit realm and curse. He said he loved to curse Christians. He couldn't curse the ones that had a prayer life. But he can curse the ones that didn't. Or the ones in strife and discord. See, death and life is released by the tongue. But we want to do the opposite. We want to fast and pray and release the word of the Lord, the spirit of God. I got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, brothers and sisters. We're talking about cooperating with the laws of God. Glory to God. Well, brothers and sisters, let's get right on into the word. Let's go to Mark 9. And let's start at verse 17. Father, I bless the hearers of these words, Lord. Lord, let the spirit of love and compassion, Lord, fall upon every person that is hearing my voice. Let grace and peace be multiplied upon every person that is hearing my voice. And Lord, bring deliverance, Lord, and understanding in the name of the Lord Jesus. Mark 9 and 17, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he tarried him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Now, when you are applying a spiritual law that you know supposed to work, such as the Lord said in my name, you should cast out devils. You pray the prayer over the person, you say, demon, come out in the name of Jesus. Or if you have revelation on the name of the Spirit, you call the spirit by name, whether it be a spirit of infirmity, 
One, one place, Jesus cast the spirit of infirmity out of, out of woman. And so if you know the name of the spirit, right here, it looked like a pining spirit and a dumb spirit. So you would say in the name of Jesus, I command this dumb spirit and this pining spirit to come out of the young man. And so you would minister deliverance that away. And you got to believe after you said it, that God is working, that angels are coming and that he's doing his thing. You got to believe it. I don't, you know, hey, I didn't, I didn't heard people teach it this way. You commanded to come out and go on about your business. It's going to come out, whether it be that night or the next day. And I'd also seen it done this way where the ministers keep praying until it come out. I have done it both ways. The main way is just stay there until they come out. You might have to be there for an hour, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes a minute. It all depends. And you just keep charging these things until they come out. You keep, you got to know that they got to come out. They rebellious and stubborn now because that's it makes the person act rebellious and stubborn. Sometimes that's the name of the spirit, a spirit of rebellion or a spirit of stubbornness. So the first spiritual law I'm teaching is that you have the authority to cast out devils in the name of Jesus. You got to know that. All right. So verse 19, it says, he answered him and said, O faithless, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? And how long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Now we're learning right here on a cooperate with God. We can't be faithless. We got to have faith for Lord. The Lord has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is an unclean spirit. The spirit he has given us is the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Fear is the opposite of faith. So he called them faithless because evidently they had a spirit of fear operating there. So first of all, you got to get rid of the fear. And I would say the boy was basically having a seizure. This is what the world calls a seizure. What they do is they give them medicine. And sometimes the medicine don't work because you're dealing with a spirit. That's why I be telling you all, like, I'm not against doctors, but they can only do so much. They give the medicine to make your nerves or whatever they do calm down. But as soon as you agitate it, those demons start acting up again. And then that person is in trouble. Sometimes it's something that didn't happen that that uh, invited that spirit in, whether it was an accident. I know one guy got hit upside the head in a wreck, and that's how a spirit came in this guy. Other people, sometimes the family was practicing curious arts before they got born again, and that allowed the thing to come in. Nevertheless, God is in the business of undoing what Satan has done. So we won't want to condemn. I ain't saying that to condemn. I'm just trying to give you a, a, a reason some things happen. Verse 20 says, And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tarried. Soon that demon saw Jesus, he started manifesting. And he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. When I was doing a lot of deliverance, in my younger ministry, I used to be doing a lot of praying and fasting. And I guess because I was doing all that deliverance, when I get around people, the demons will start manifesting. 
Yeah, when they roll in the back of the head, that spirit, I'll tell you the name of that one. If you ever see you talking to someone, the eyes start rolling in the back of their head, command the spirit of death to come out of the guy. That's the name of that spirit. I just know that from experience and reading books and stuff. A lot of stuff I learned from reading books. Then I saw it manifest to show me that the books were correct. All right. So they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tied him and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child. And oft times it have cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. So we know faith is involved because he reaffirming that you got to have faith. If God said you can cast them out, you can. Look, this is what really makes most people faith go. When they first called for that demon to come out and the demon don't move, they get discouraged. And part of their confession is, is that, well, I couldn't do it. Or, well, it didn't work. Don't say that. It is working. See, because, I, I, you know, last time I was involved with this, you know, I was, un I thought, in my mind, I thought I was unsuccessful. But I knew not to confess that. Because I was praying with this young lady, at, uh, you know, ministering deliverance. I had a couple of sessions where I was doing it real on my lunch break while I was at work. I had to do it on my lunch break. And I didn't get the level of deliverance that I, that I thought we needed. But the mama came to me later and said, thank you. The girl was totally set free. But it was over a period of time. And I keep praying for her and ministering deliverance and praying for her. And she got set free over a period of time. But her mama was told me she was seeing a difference. She'll come and say, I see a difference. She ain't as bad. I see another difference. I ain't as bad. You see what I'm saying? So don't get discouraged. So we know that you got to have faith. And straightway the father of the, of the child cried out, verse 24, and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Don't confess unbelief, brothers and sisters. Only confess faith. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto them, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. You had the authority to do that. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that they said he is dead. When they come out, they'll fall on the ground like they're dead. I done seen that. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had, when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, if you run into these cases like this, start fasting. I ain't telling you how long to fast. If you're not used to it, go to 12 o'clock. Then start going to 3 then go to six, then do a whole day. What I'm saying is when you cooperate with God's principle, this, he's, he's going to do what he said he's going to do because we're talking about cooperating with God. Praying fasting always breaks 
demonic strongholds. I got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Mark 4. And at verse 3. Hearken. Behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. And when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some an hundred. And he said unto them, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the 12 asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? Verse 14 is, the sower soweth the word. When God arose in the book of Genesis, everything he wanted, he spoke it into existence. He said, let there be light, and light came. In Hebrews, it teaches that the worlds, plural, were formed by the word of God. It, it really don't make sense to the natural man how whole worlds was formed, not, not from things that appear. It says that it says it wasn't formed from things which appear. This doesn't make sense to the natural mind. Now, you got to be spiritual. Don't try to believe the scriptures with your mind because it don't make any sense knowledge. You can only believe the word of God with your spirit. The worlds were framed by words so that things which you see were not made by things which do appear. The seeds that were sown were words. God used a natural principle to explain a spiritual principle. You all don't understand this parable? How will you know all parables? The sower sowed the word. Power over death and life is in your tongue. So you have to cooperate with the laws of God. A fool's lips is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. Death and life, the power of it, is in your words, is in your tongue. And them that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. 
a man's belly or his spirit shall be satisfied by the increase of his lips. The sower, sow it the word, cooperate with the laws of God. Don't be a hearer only, but be a doer of the word. Cooperate with the laws of God. You're saved by grace through faith. Faith in who? Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior. Faith in his blood sacrifice on the cross for your sins. Faith in his body being beaten so that you are healed. You've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. So now you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But guess what? You got to say it. If you don't say it, you're not. You're not that if you don't say it. So say this. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The sower soweth the word. Say this. By one offering, the Lord has forever perfected me. That's in Hebrews 10. Say it again. By one offering, the Lord has forever perfected me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As you begin to say these things, your spirit will change. A man's spirit, his belly, shall be satisfied by the increase of his lips. The sower soweth the word. It is written, himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we being dead to sin <clears throat> should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. The sower sowed sow the word. So you would say, Lord, I am forgiven because you bore my sins in your body on the tree. I don't have any sins. I am dead to sins and I am alive unto righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and I am the healed of the Lord. I'm healed by your stripes. That's 1 Peter 2.24 I made out of confession. Why would I make it out of confession? Because I am a doer of the word. What am I doing? The word says that the sower soweth the word. So to be a doer of the word, you got to confess the word. Let's go over what these parables mean. Verse 15. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they had heard, Satan coming immediately and taking away the word that was sown in their hearts. Don't let Satan steal your word. Don't, don't, don't get healed by his stripes and then confess that you're sick. Don't let Satan use somebody to tell you, man, that stuff don't work. Don't let Satan steal what God has said because you don't see an immediate manifestation of it. How many understand what I'm saying? Just because you don't see immediate manifestation of what God said, that don't mean you didn't get it. Don't let Satan, Satan steal your word. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately received it with gladness. Some people not going to let Satan steal their word, but listen and have no root in themselves. And so endure for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises, for the word's sake. Now, why is affliction coming? Why is your back hurting? Why is your neck hurting? Why is your stomach hurting? Why is your feet hurting? That affliction is coming to steal that word. See, it might you might be walking good for a while. You might be healed for a while. Then Satan, the demon's going to try to come back because they're going to say, hey, this house is swept and garnished. Let's go back to our former house. But when you got rooted in the word of God, built up, designed the sin milk of the word, 
when you begin to confess that word again, that affliction gonna leave, that persecution gonna leave. But see, when you're not rooted, it says you don't have root in yourself, you'll do it for a time. You stay here for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, it's coming to steal that word. Immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. Now, some people hear the word. They go to church every Sunday. Man, that was a great message, Brother King, but on, on, but on uh, Monday, Tuesday through Friday, they serving the devil, screwing women, drinking liquor, see? And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of women, I mean the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it, it becoming unfruitful. And it can be the deceitfulness of men, too. I'm not picking on nobody. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, some 100. Your ability to bring forth fruit is based off your hearing. See, because what measure you hear, more is going to be given. See, because at verse 26, it said, For he says, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he know it not how. That seed is going to come up. You know it not how. That's how the kingdom operate. It operate off seed. See, and to him that hear, more is going to be given. See, take heed what you hear. For what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. And for him that have to him shall be given, and him that have not for him shall be taken away, even that he have. That's how the kingdom works. That's how you cooperate with God. Be blessed and have a great weekend.